Hey, everybody, this is Christian Brindle, president and founder of Christian Brindle Insurance Services, an agency specializing in Medicare health plans, as well as the founder and admin of the Six Figure Medicare Agent Facebook community. And I am Glenn Shelton, founder and president of Lead Heroes, where we specialize in final expense and Medicare insurance leads. Every single Tuesday, guys, we have decided to come together and bring our forces together to talk about our two favorite subjects in the world, insurance and tacos. Henceforth, Taco Tuesday, let's taco about insurance. Every single Tuesday, we will live stream this show for the group Six Figure Medicare Agent at 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Don't miss it. It can also be found everywhere that podcasts can be listened to, or you could watch the replay of the video up on our YouTube channel for the Six Figure Medicare Agent YouTube channel. Thanks so much for watching. Hope you enjoy, and let's get into this. Brought the fire. That's cool. It's always good when someone says they brought the fire. (laughs) That's great, actually. Okay, so I think we're live. I do believe we're live. Meeting is now streaming live on Facebook. It certainly appears that we are perfect. Live. Well, awesome, yep. awesome. And it's, it's yeah, I, I, I got the alert. I got the alert. Beautiful, beautiful. Well, guys, um, welcome to Taco Tuesday. Um, I'm here as always with Glenn Shelton. Um, your your ad your 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 local. I wouldn't even say local, depending on where you're watching this, but it could be local, depending on where you're watching this local from. To the northwest. Um, your your born. Born in Arizona. Well, not born. I just said I was born in Arizona, but now Come I'm on, Glenn, you're I'm killing me. But, Grow, but, growing up in Arizona, so local to the West Coast, I guess we'll say. Yep. Um, we're we're joined today by a really really special guest. We got Ali Sala here with us today from Strong Family Financial, and, and who's the host Ooh. of the Strong Life podcast. If you've ever listened to that podcast, you know that Ali just brings like a lot of fire, a lot of heat. Um, it's just it's a really, really great podcast to listen to. I've listened to like multiple different episodes and I've been on a couple of times and it's just a blast. And you, you, you and Will do just an amazing job with it. So thanks for Will's taking the, the time. Absolutely. Well, thank you guys for having me. I'm fired up here. Yeah. Glenn, it's good to meet you too, sir. And be yeah. on with you guys. So obviously I want to follow etiquette. So I went and got the best today. I went and got the best. Thank I got some talk. We've, we've, we've had some guests not bring tacos. So Ollie, I appreciate you actually <laughs> no, no. And, and listen, I, I got to say, I got by the way, I got a soft and a hard Supreme. That means it comes with the sour cream included. Yeah. In case you didn't know. There we go. Made okay. sour cream. And I'm going to actually try to eat one while we record, just there so I can go. say I did it. You have to. You have to. It's but what happened hard. was I was talking to Tony Merwin. I know you both, you guys know Tony. He's been with you yeah. guys. Tony's a great guy. I love him dear, dear to my heart. I love the man. We're, we've worked for several years together. We've really gotten close the last couple. But anyway. Uh, he tells you, yeah, when I did the show, you know, we made some nice stuff. And of course he put a spread out or whatever the heck he did. Yeah. I said, I'm going to do the exact opposite of Tony. Tony, <laughs> all in. I'm going to do that thing where it's kind of like tacos. It's Taco Bell. Hey, yes. Taco, that's like the baseline, right? But, but that's it. Dude. That's what we're saying. Yeah. That's what we're saying. So when I, when I don't think your mic is on. I think, you know what it is? I think after just the settings, Christian, show us some tacos while I adjust okay, my okay. mic here. Just, just. Um, so guys, last week we did these. So last week I was crucified for bringing my rolled tacos on. Okay. Um, And they're they're like, (laughs) those aren't tacos. I saw those. I saw those. Why? 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 Oh, that's interesting. You said it because I got a question for you guys about sandwiches when you're done. Yeah. Yeah. 
but but so like we and we got the best rolled tacos we could find anywhere so this time this week wanted to try some new rolled tacos we never had before and i don't even i couldn't tell you the name of the joint we went to but they're like these itsy bitsy little rolled tacos they're good but they're just small okay and they're called tacos this <laughs> roll tacos on the menu. Controversy <laughs> extends until week yeah. two. Now. Is <laughs> it a taco? Great week of controversy, man! I'm yeah. telling you. Well, I don't want to go off subject too too far. I want to see Glenn's tacos. I want oh, to see. Glenn's. I did some. I uh, smoked some pork yesterday. Speaking of Tony Merwin, I was thinking every time I'm taking fat off of meat. Yes. Yeah. Every time I'm cutting fat off my meat videos, I'm, I'm putting it on the, yeah, before I put it on the smoker, I'm always thinking of Tony. I'm like, damn it, Tony. Yep. 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 <laughs> but I uh, yeah, smoked some pork mm. yesterday and I've got some pork tacos. Yum, yum, yum. Those All look right. amazing. I'm so hungry. Mm. So do you cook, Glenn? Is that your thing? Do you like to cook? Are you? You know what's you know what's funny, Ollie, is I didn't cook that much, and then when the pandemic started, yep. I got a smoker, and okay. now I smoke probably like three or four times a week. Because, All right, you're getting hooked on that right yeah, now. Yeah. Oh, I'm obsessed yeah. now. All I want to do is smoke meat, like sure. every sure. every day. <laughs> yep. All right. Well, here's a question I was going to ask you guys about. Ta- yeah. You guys were talking about tacos. Yes. If someone eats a hot dog, right, like a hot dog and a hot dog okay. bun, is that a sandwich? No. No. What's the definition of a sandwich? A definition of a sandwich to me. Okay, to is, you. Sure. We'll try that to, one first. To me. Right. <laughs> it's, it's, it's two pieces of bread, something okay. in between. It could be, it could be sliced up hot dog in between Perfect. two pieces of bread. But if it's on a hot dog bun, I, I can't call it a sandwich. Do you know who the official sandwich sponsor of the NFL is? Subway. Mm-hmm. Subway? Subway? Oh. That would totally take your definition out and throw it. Fair enough. Fair right. enough. That's true. true. That's true. That right. is very so, true. So is a hot dog and a hot dog bun a sandwich? I think I guess technically, technically it, is. it could be. I think yeah. technically a hot dog is a sandwich. I think I've heard this debate before. Well, because I had this debate for the first time a couple of days ago, and I was blown away to realize. Yeah, I didn't think about it. It's a sandwich. And then what, you what try a- to spin it. It's not because it's good. Well, what's a submarine sandwich? I mean, you know, sometimes you get them, they're cut all the way because the guy that was making it cut too far. Right, because it's supposed to kind of stay, you know. What what about what about a hamburger? Is a hamburger a sandwich? It's a sandwich, I guess. By the same by definition, criteria. a hamburger sandwich. Yep. So we should really call this Sandwich Tuesday. <laughs> I was gonna say, when, now where's the line between sandwiches and tacos? I think that's Bread a torti- and flour tortilla. I mean, come on, those are pretty right, close, right, right, right. Interesting. I don't know. That's a good question. That's a good question. Yeah. Guys, let's 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 talk about let's talk about um, insurance before we lose the audience. <laughs> got it, got it. I'm all in. I'm um, all in. So I mean, we got to talk about something interesting. Insurance. Um, so I want. I'm interested to kind of hear your guys' perspective a little bit. Ollie, you and I were talking a little bit about this before we went live, but yep, we are literally. You know, next week we'll have we'll be we'll be at the first of October. Um, majority of our audience is Medicare agents. Um, and for the most part, um, all of us are going to be really busy in one way, shape or form. I oh, for sure. Open for enrollment sure. period. What are you two guys expecting? What have you done in terms of preparation in your business? I know, you know, Ollie, you, you're, you know, you work with strong family financial, which is, which is a brokerage Glenn, yep. you run lead heroes, which is a telemarketing lead company. What has been your guys' approach for AEP and kind of what do you foresee? Um, Ollie, let's start with you. Perfect. Uh, so 
there's a couple of things. So I will let me tell you guys a little little history about us at Advantage Funds. When I came on board with Jamie Strong, our founder back in 2009, he was doing Advantage Plans. And then the next year we did a little bit less. And the next year we did a little bit less. And the next year it was gone. Right. And then we pretty much stopped. And uh, then we picked it back up about four years ago. Is really what we did about four years ago. We picked it back up, just our leaders. Then the next year was just our leaders and our trainers. Then the next year was just our leaders, our trainers, and some of the newbies. Well, this year I'm trying to open it up some more to another level to have more of our agents that want to do it. And now we've also planned and prepared. Now we're at Walmart stores. There's going to actually be, after we've gone back and forth about this, looks like there's going to be four Walmart stores that we're going to be at 20 hours a week generating leads there. We got obviously our agents that are here that are certified. You know, and then we also have like an internal referral program because some people aren't going to get certified. So within the organization, if you get somebody, but you're not certified or you were too late into the, to the game, that you'll still be able to get a little something, something as a spiff for someone that goes out and writes it and gets the business. You know, so I don't know if I'm answering your question, but, you know, we've had a couple we've had, well, I would say two or three Saturdays where we had like a hip day here. You know, come on into the office. We got people working on it. We'll help you out. We'll all work it together and get this thing done. All right. What company are you still trying to get done? Well, you know, try to get team parties together and make that happen. So does that answer? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, definitely. Yeah. I just yeah. have a full yeah. mouth. Perfect. Perfect. <laughs> but yeah, so that's kind of the thing we do. And, you know, I mean, it, it's always in the rhetoric and we talk about it all the time, you know, but, and then there's the guys that, you know, they keep telling me they're going to get certified. They're going to get certified and I'm sure they will. I just don't know when. Right. Right. Like, um, Glenn, I want to, I want to kind of hear your perspective kind of rolling into AEP, but like, just to kind of piggyback off what you said, Ollie, like we'll have agents that we've sent contracting out two months ago and they're just starting to fill them out. Like this week, I'll get emails saying that they just filled out their contract. And I'm like, Oh boy. I'm like, well, you're just starting now, (laughs) you know? And, um, and that's obviously their prerogative. That's their own business. You know, they're contracted agents. Right. They're, you know, they're, they're 1099s. But it, it gets me to the point where I'm expecting to get a phone call on the, on the 16th of October and being like, hey, um, can you do like a two-hour training with me? And I'm going to have to say, no, I can't do it. Yep. I mean, I, I get those phone calls too, right? So I'll get calls. I remember last year I had at least a couple agents where it was like the day before open enrollment. And they're talking to me about trying to get leads started immediately for the next day or two. And I'm just like, are you, I'm like, you're crazy. I'm like, (laughs) we're booked out almost three weeks right now. Because again, this is the time of year where this is all spiking. So, you know, I, I think what I have in common with anyone coming into open enrollment is we're trying to create massive activity and I'm trying to increase staffing right now, even though my demand isn't necessarily there. I want to make sure I'd rather have people sitting around twiddling their thumbs if I absolutely have to versus not be able to help someone out. And I would hope that's kind of everyone's mindset coming into open enrollment. When we were talking to Eric last week, Eric was talking about increasing activity Mm -hmm. across the board. You had a great post, Christian, talking about all the different marketing you're doing. And, you know, you you were telling me the other day, like, you're almost concerned you're not going to be able to get to all of your leads and that's a great problem to have. Like, sure. <laughs> I would rather an agent say that than to say, oh, man, my marketing ran out after three weeks. And then I, you know, just sat around for the rest of open enrollment. So I think yeah. it's all about just anticipating what's what's coming and, and really trying to get ready. 
increase your activity level, increase your leads, increase what you're doing. You know, I think it comes back to cultural. I'll say this, <clears throat> you know, because the, the advantage space for us is something I feel like we continue to evolve and it has been our bread and butter. There's a little natural lack of focus on it right? Between the agents and this set, because they're more comfortable doing our traditional business, our whole life, our Medicare supplements, our cancer policies, and our annuity business that we do. And we do a lot of estate planning. So this is where you got to come and bring some focus in. And if you're not all in, time moves really fast. And then you feel really far behind and you're not going to get this done because now, right? We try to get some invitations for some of these companies. You're not going to get invited to do their certification, man. You're so late into the game. You know, you think you had a problem before you can have a bigger problem now, you know? Right. You, you have right. to plan and prepare. And I'll say this about cultural too. If you've got goals, right, Glenn? So if, you're, if the organization yeah. you're working with, they have goals, you'll know how much they're bought into their goals based on the action they do in the process, right? So, so if they plan on selling 10 policies, but they're working like they're going to sell one, eh, they're never going to get to 10, whatever their number is, right? Yeah. No, I mean, I, I, th I think it's a great point. And um, it's, it's, it's interesting to me because – I think this is something kind of a trend we see every year. Um, and it makes me wonder, like, you know, I, I hope for the agents that are like late to the game that, you know, that they'll have as good of an AEP as possible. I mean, they can still contract, I suppose, get certified and, you know, they just, it might drag into a little bit into open enrollment. And, you know, we're trying to get as many of them done as I can last second, but I'm, I'm telling everybody, I'm like, I'll do everything in my power, you know, to get this done for you. I'm like, but at the end of the day, it's like, it's really pushing it. You know, we probably should have done this a month ago, two months ago, in some people's cases, three months ago. <laughs> yeah. And um, I mean, why, why do the carriers have blackout dates? Because they they don't want to deal with this going in a right. That's 100%. They know, they know. Yeah. They know. Yeah. It's, it's 101. This, this really just wait, we should call these people out too. When it happens and in a couple of weeks, we should really call them out. Even if it's not by name, just making sure everyone understands like, Hey, we said this was going to happen. Yep. Here we are. We're a couple of days before open enrollment. 100%. Here are agents panicking just as we thought they were. It, I mean, it's it's crazy. It really is crazy. You're right. Ollie, are you going to be attending 8% Nation? So, buddy, you know, I was uh, looking at it last week. I was actually, because I had not gone, and I was texting with Cody about it because I wanted, he's coming on our show actually on Thursday when we do our State of the Union. He's going to actually be on the show. So I had all planned to go and now I have some other things that I got to do. So I'm not going to go. So I had not been planned to go. I wanted to, some kid stuff has come up. So no, I'm not, you know, I'm in a different space yeah. in my life. So I'm learning some stuff. My daughter, Samantha, who's 19, she's in college now, Glenn. Uh, my daughter theory is a senior and she's active in Palm in high school. I hope my kids never turn 19, Ollie. Right. And then I have, uh, then I have uh, twins that turn 17 next month. Right. So my oh wife my and I, we had very blessed, praise God. We had four yeah. kids in three years, but now we're on this other side and I always try to make some plans. And I just, you know, I, I I'm really, I, I waffle a little to serve my kids more because I just feel like they're getting older. I'm just trying to see some of these opportunities, which are just weird. You know, just my life is definitely sure. told my wife. I'm trying to learn how to get, you know, navigate through this stuff, you know? Yeah. Dude, how tough, you know, we're all, we all have kids here. We're all family men. And sure. Um, you know, I try to cheat that same way. I'll, you know, if, if I have to, I'd rather lose a business opportunity and spend a little extra time with my family and my kids, sure. you know? So yeah, absolutely.
you know? I was I was I was teasing my wife the other night, and I was like I was like think about it like this because my wife will turn thirty in um okay. November, and I, I, I mean she's still a baby, right? Every, I mean yeah, buddy, thirty's and, and she, cool, and she, but she doesn't realize it, you know. So she's like all stressed out that she's about to turn thirty, and I told her I'm like, do you realize when Violet's twenty, you'll be fifty? And she's like, or 51. And she's like, she's like, she's like, you shut your mouth. And I'm, yes. like, and I'm like, I'll still be in my forties, but you'll be. And ah, she, just gets nice. so, um, she just gets so upset with me. But I told, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm the biggest challenge I think for me. And I know we talked about this a little bit last week with Eric too. Um, but like, I'd love to get your guys' perspective on this. You know, you're building a business, you're building a career, like, I was talking to someone today, you know, and they're like, they're like, when do you spend time with your family? I'm like, probably not enough. You know, they're like, I see you doing all these things that you're doing. When you spend time with your family, I'm like, probably not enough. I'm trying to make sure to, you know, not that I don't spend time with my family, but like I could probably spend more. Um, It's very easy to let it kind of slip by, you know, and kind of get sucked in. So Chris, you know what I always say to those people? I always ask, well, what what does that mean? how, How much time do you think I should spend with my family? But how much time do you think my two-year-old wants to spend with me? 10 hours, eight hours, 10 minutes. What do you think it is? Right. It's I don't think, I, I think it has zero to do with time. And I think it has all to do with quality of time. You know, yeah, there's no like reason. I, and I want to be clear though. I think I want to be clear about this too, because I do believe that uh, as we're men here. So I'll just say this as men, I believe that the father's presence is important. But there's a difference between my presence and me spending time with them. My son or daughter knowing that dad walked home, kids, how's it going? What's going on? That's great. Okay. But I don't need to spend three hours with my son today just to say I spent three hours with him. I might need to spend 20 minutes with him, looking at him in the eye, talking to him, loving him, asking what's going on, what his interests are, and maybe watching the fourth quarter of a game. That might be cool, you know. But, dude, that's still 45 minutes. You know, how, how much time, you know, and I'm going to sleep for six. I'm going to work out for one. There's seven hours, you know, and I got four kids. If each kid gets 45 minutes, I still, that's only three hours. That's still only 10 hours in the day. Mm-hmm. You know, I still got 14 hours. I mean, I think people break time down and they just get overdone with it. Well, I like, I like what you said about your presence too, because, you know, we can work from anywhere, right? I sure. Mean, right. So. Sure. You know, it's easy to be around my kids and I can yep. just be on my 100. phone and I can yep. justify and say, hey, I'm actually doing something work related, like, hang on. And yeah. so I've, I've really tried and we just had our third kid. Uh, so I've really tried to basically do what you're saying, Ollie. Like if I'm working, I want to be present for my employees, yep. for my clients. I don't want to be thinking about what's going on with my family and vice versa. If I'm with my family, I don't want to think about what's going on at work because yep. I've done it both ways. I've, I've done it where I'm spending 90% of my week with my family, but I'm also kind of working while I'm doing it. And it, it, everyone loses, in my opinion, <clears throat> in that model. You're- hey, but I'll tell you this too. I think, you know, we also miss about relationships. I know this sounds like I'm acting like I know everything, but I want to share this. Think about this. You know, uh, Chris Rock did a stand-up show and he talked about how many, him and his wife got divorced, but he talked about right. also his infidelity and he cheated and all this kind of, he admits it. So it's not like, you know, I'm talking derogatory about the man. I mean, he comes out and he talks about it in a story, but he talked about that. People don't understand that we live in the text revolution. He goes, when my dad went to work and Chris Rock was talking about when his dad went to work, he went to work, 
He goes, if one of my mom's kids died, dad wouldn't know until he came home from work. (laughs) He goes, be careful. And uh, he goes, uh, you know, you wouldn't know until he came home. Well, how'd it go today? Well, we lost one of the kids. Oh, how did that happen? (laughs) It'd just be part of the day. (laughs) And he's being funny about it. Right? He's being funny about it, right? But he goes, now, he goes, everywhere I go, my wife's texting me. Where'd you go? What's going on? Where are you at now? He goes, by the time I get home, I don't even want to talk to her anymore. She's like, so how'd your day go? What do you mean how my day went? You know, exactly. There's value in the separation. When men back in the day were working in the farms, they went out. They didn't come back all day. She was like, hey, honey, you want another glass of water? That's not what she did. She was handling something else in the farm. You didn't see her till the end of the day. You, and you didn't call her. You didn't text her. You didn't FaceTime her. You worked all day. And then you came home to your family. Now, I didn't say that's all the right way. I'm just saying separation is also good in your day-to-day operations. When my daughter, Samantha, says, Dad, I don't have to get blown up by you every morning. Well, honey, I feel like you're 90 minutes away. Every morning is going to be my middle ground. (laughs) (laughs) You're an hour and a half away, and I can't come to your room. I'll call you. There's a separation agreement. I'm making you know, so I, don't, I think that has value in it. So as we're talking about parenting and working, yeah. it's even your agents. Your agents might need some space. Or something. It might be good for you to work from home to give your agents a little break. Oh, good. Dad's not here today. Yeah. I, break. Totally, I totally agree with that. I think that's something that's got to yeah. be tough right now with so many people working from home. Yep. Trying to balance that, trying to balance. You know, it's, I think it's almost easier to balance your work life with your home life when you're not working from home. I, I think it actually gets yep. this someone who's worked from home for years before the pandemic, before everything that's that's happened this year. So one question I have for you, Ellie, to kind of transition back to open enrollment. We've talked so much about preparing for open enrollment. What yep. this open enrollment is going to look like? You know, it sounds like you guys are pretty well diversified yep. as far as your products and your offerings yep. go. So I'm curious to know, like after open enrollment, once yep. open enrollment's over, what are what are some things that you guys are looking at doing to capitalize on what the transactions that happen during open enrollment? How right. are you guys going to maximize that after sure. the 7th, after open enrollment's over? Okay. So, buddy, I guess I, I will tell you this. I feel like we have a fluid system in our organization. What I mean by that is the rules are the rules with MAs, right? They are what they are. You can't sell anything else if you're selling that. That doesn't matter what time of the year it is. So all year long, let me just say this. All year long, right, we're selling MAs, okay, Uh, and we're selling Medicare supplements, and we also sell the life insurance, cancer policies, hospital indemnity plans, and and annuities. That's kind of our bread and butter. But I would tell you that 90%, I would say, I'm going to go on a limb here and say about 90% of all appointments that we run starting on October 15th, that is designed for the advantage appointment. We will be back in that home 48 hours later. I mean, the the cross selling or the offering of other products, services that's happening. Not, you're not waiting. I'm not waiting. Yeah. Yeah, Okay. Because see so many agencies, right? They're selling all this. We're so busy with this. We'll be back. And then there's a guy that doesn't do advantage plans and he's walking into all your clients' houses. And he's 100%. taking care of all the life insurance. And he's taking care of all your annuity business. Don't worry about it. I got you. I got you. Well, I don't need anyone to got me. You know, I'll get me. Okay. 100%. So, right. So I'm going to make sure that, and that's the habit that we teach these guys. You know, we got to focus on doing that. We're going to set up. If it's got to be an advantage appointment, that's what we're doing. Now you go into a house, you know, it's a, it's a traditional appointment. Sometimes those convert into, oh, all right, I'm going to have to come back and we'll talk about advantage plans. I've already done this, that, and the other. 
We flip those two days later, we're going, you know? So our office goes from having two office days, three field days. We, we come in on Monday and book for typically Tuesdays. And then many come back, back in on Wednesdays and they book for Thursday and Friday. It's kind of the base model. Then people will flex that out. But Monday's an office day, right? We just start booking appointments for Tuesday. Come back in on Wednesday and we can book for Thursday and Friday. Going out, the intent is to at least run five appointments a week. Okay, for each writing agent, at least five. No, I'm sorry, 15 appointments a week set. Okay, try to get five appointments done in a day. Okay, Okay. if you can get in front of five people, you're going to make some things happen. And then during advantage season, you got it. Six, seven, and eight appointments are happening. Saturdays are happening more often because they need to do that because they also got their follow-up that they're working on. Yeah, Meaning the the add-on policies that they're going to start selling over and above the advantage plan. I love it. It's smart. It's smart. It's yeah. efficient. It's efficient. But I want to be clear. I get it, though. You know, when you sit down to sell an annuity, I mean, it's twofold. Let's, let's just take a simple, you know, $100,000 annuity. There's a couple thousand bucks in it for a brand new rookie agent that they're going to make over two grand. I mean, they're pretty fired up about that, right? But it takes about three to four hours to sell that annuity. Oh, yeah. Well, in that time, could you sell three or four Advantage plans? How much money would you have made there? So I want to be clear. I mean, what's right, what's wrong, I think is in the way you want to build the business. But we teach our agents when they go into a house, you fill out a needs assessment, you're there, sell everything now. Stop the, we're going to do that on the the turnaround. We're going to do that when we come back and deliver. Why don't you just do it? Hey, no one's the best time to score a touchdown now because you just scored one. Score one again now. Why are we waiting? You know? So, so there's the deal. So it's part of our culture. It's part of our system. So that's how I could truly say I justified it. And I think it's just smarter. Take care of the house, man. You're already in it. I love it. I love it. Um, Ollie, I had, I had a very unique question I had for you that, um, I think we could have asked of several guests that we've had, um, you know, come on before, but you guys have been doing, you know, the strong life podcast for a little while now. Yep. Um, I know that this is something that you and I have talked about before about, you know, my podcast, you know, about like maybe, you know, what's done for my business. What has it done for a strong family financial, the podcast? You know, buddy. In the content creation. Yep. 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 So, man, you know, we go back and forth about it because we are coming up to, uh, we're, we're, we're now like 91, 92 are being released, right? So we're getting closer to 100. One of the things we always talked about was, man, if we ever, if we actually ever got to 100, Right now, we're going to have to get Gary V to come on the show. Okay. Gary, <laughs> sure v. Gary v, right. So uh, we, we always have joked about that, but man, we'll see what this does. We'll see what this does. You know, buddy, I got to tell you, I don't know the dollar figure. I know that we have agents that have come on board and they came on board because they were fans first of the podcast. Okay. There's a few of them, maybe three or four. Again, we're coming around now. Uh, so we're releasing show number 90 here, but we're doing two a week now. So you could, th- this is, we've been doing it now actually for like a year and about three months. That's how long we've been doing the podcast. Okay. And uh, I feel like we've had, you know, people come in and interview with us. They act like they know me now when they come in. So I think that's good because it makes people more comfortable when they come in and interview. I'd rather them be that way versus them bringing me their representative anyway. Yeah. In some ways it's goofy because they feel a little starstruck. Like, Oh my God, because also <laughs> coming and wait in our waiting room, 
Okay. We got a big monitor out there and we always say, welcome to the guest who's there, but also the screen has a podcast or training video, or if, you know, Jamie strong was recorded, was doing something. So we got a video always up there. Well, there's a lot of videos. I mean, they're always up there. So people come and they're sitting there, they're watching that. And then they see me like, Oh, I'm meaning you, you're the one on TV. That is not a big deal. Actually, the video feeds right in my room over there. It's not that big of a deal. <laughs> Go ahead and meet. You know, it's not that big of a deal. So they get a little starstruck. I think that has value. And if you were considering maybe working at Joe's insurance company and now they're strong, man, we'll go with this. These guys look like they're more 2020. You know, they, they, they might think that that has more sex appeal. It's more attractive. It's, it's better, you know, when it's all on you, whatever you like. But, you know, I think people like that stuff. When I interview people on the telephone, I'm getting a lot, man, I saw some of that stuff you guys did online. I'm getting a lot more of that. But can I tell you, I believe it's made us more revenue. No, I would say it's cost us more money, right? Because Will's helping us develop. Will's helping us do all this stuff. Will's not free. No disrespect, right? Uh, I'm taking my time out from doing something else. I know there are certain things I can do, and I could directly say, Time for dollar value. Branding. Sounds like branding. Sounds like you've it's you've made a huge investment in your branding. Yes, buddy. Long term, yeah. long term yeah. branding. Like, this is what yep. all this is. One hundred percent. So I got to tell you. So what do I think? I think I'm trying to make it to where when people think insurance, they think strong family. Yeah. And it's done. That's it. We're the place you go because we also do property and casualty. That's something we expanded into a couple years ago. You know, I got a guy in Chicago, Aaron Thompson, grateful for the man. So grateful. He's an awesome man. Uh, and he helps our clients out whenever they refer or when our agents refer somebody, he does takes care of it. And our agents get a little something, something for making it happen. Yeah. I mean, you know? I, I, it's, it's, it's interesting to me that people don't understand. A lot of people don't understand the long-term value of building that brand. Cause yes, like, but I agree. You might, you might not see the instant gratification today, maybe tomorrow, maybe not even a month from now, but like, you know, it's, it's crazy. Like, you know, I, I will have maybe a week where we'll get three or four calls from the podcast or maybe the main YouTube channel from just right. you know, clients, you know, cause our, ours, a lot of our content we do is beneficiary based because we want to, we want to, we want people, you know, to call yes. and want to sign yep, up yep. and that kind of stuff. Um, we just recently started doing the agent content this year, but that people, people don't realize they're like, Oh, that's so cool. I want to make a podcast. And then they're like, I made one episode. Nobody called. I'm like, well, I have 250, <laughs> you know, I'm like, I'm like, um, this is like two and a half years of, you know, busting my butt on this. Stuff yes. A little bit. Yeah. It's funny you say that. Cause I used to freak out when a post would go out like something that was messed up or not right, or man, we need to take that down. Now I'll get people called, you know, people help though. Hey man, that post, oh, really? Was it messed up? Right? We'll just get that one down. You know, it's not a big deal. Likewise. Okay. Hey, Al, you spelled that word wrong. Well, that ain't the first time. <laughs> I, I, you know, there's professionalism, but then you can't freak out. And it's about you getting yourself out there, man. I can't tell you. Uh, we were at uh, we we're at George's bar. It's a local place here in town in Jinx where, uh, where the high school is. And we go there like after a football, high school football game, we were sitting outside just having a couple drinks and some guy is walking out. Goes, I know you, I know you love God and love your family. Every message I say that at the end of the message, <laughs> you know, he's just going like, he's all excited. You know, like, Hey man, that's great. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. That's so, awesome. But I will tell you another cool thing is, 
when I when I talk to people and they say, man, I just got to tell you what you guys do. You just give off a lot of good energy. You guys are just, you know, it's always positive, man. You just, you, you know, you build everybody up that goes on your show. Everybody feels great after they hang, you know, after they're done with your show. Man, that's if that's true. all we did, you know, it's hard for somebody like tomorrow, Christian, if I'm, you know, you're talking to somebody that says they had a bad experience with Ali Salah. You, okay, well, really? He was a jerk. Okay, yeah. I, I would hope you didn't have any of that. Those moments will happen, but you try to create more positive energy in the universe than you do negative. You know, and why not compliment somebody else? Why not make somebody feel good? Why not promote somebody else? You know, that's how you build that, loyalty for yourself. That too. was almost when we were talking about doing the show with you. That was almost exactly what we talked about. We we're talking about how much energy you bring, the positive yes, energy. That's and, so true. Yeah, I mean, I appreciate conversation that. about it. Absolutely, and yeah, and it's that. I, it's absolutely you've delivered. You've absolutely delivered. You guys, I, I love the, I love the energy, man. Well, I appreciate you saying that. Yeah, there you go. There you go. So, so I, I have a question for both of you guys, because I, I, I've, I think both of you guys are very good interviewers. You know, like, Glenn, you've done several really awesome interviews this year. Like you did one with Joanna. You did one with Nick Ayers. You did like some really killer interviews that I watched, and I just got a lot out of both of them. Um, okay. Ollie, you, you've, you've interviewed a ton of people, you, you know. Yes, sir. Um, what do you think? makes a good interview glenn i want to hear what you i want to hear your perspective first and then ollie i want to hear sure say i think like that yeah i think it's about having you want to extract value without it seeming forced right so you want to have a conversation that's you know you want to feel like you're almost sitting in the room with them right i mean i've listened to so many podcasts I, i used to listen to music whenever i was doing something if i was like driving or working or doing something but now I almost exclusively listen to podcasts and that's how it's been for probably almost a couple years now and that's what I'm looking for you know I'm looking for I want I want it to feel like I'm eavesdropping on someone else's conversation and that they're almost like sharing secrets kind of sure and and you're you're getting that type of value exchange and so that's really what I look for and that's why I love doing these because like it almost feels like the less you try to orchestrate it the better the conversation. And then sometimes that'll lead to even the better content, right? The best content. So that that's kind of what I, I look for, kind of my strategy. But yeah, what, what do you think, Ali? I'm bought into all the principles you said. I'm just going to have to add to them, right? Because yeah. I don't disagree with any of them. And I think they're all spot on. I would say that, uh, remember, all an interviewer is, right? As we're talking about this, is the same guy that's sitting in front of a client interviewing them to sell them insurance, What's our intent? We got to be intentional with our agenda. So I'm about it being organic, right? But organic, not about, so do you like when bald eagles are flying in the air? No value. (laughs) That that, that ain't going to do it for me today, right? That's not where I got to go. I got to be intentional in my agenda. And really my agenda is to get you, Christian, to talk about yourself, talk about who you are, what's going on. That's going to get you excited and more engaged and wanting to even talk to me. And once you're feeling good, man, what else do we need to extrapolate from this conversation? What else do we need to gather from this person, you know, that has value and has purpose, you know, when, uh, when, you know, I watch, uh, so <clears throat> I, I, I hate saying this and I love it. So Howard Stern, right. When I was going to college, he was great to watch, you know, and it was all the raunchy stuff and I was all bought in. Right. I mean, he just, he, he was the guy, but you know, as I've gotten older and as I gotten into the playing, playing around with the podcast stuff and getting started with that, man, I got to tell you, and then you learn about Howard Stern, man, he's an incredible interviewer. 
Unbelievable. Yeah. 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 So, if, so I did a lot. Of, I've, so since the podcast, I've done a lot of watching. Of it. I would say that I try to model a lot of my stuff. I would always say it was the ESPN guys for a while. I'd say I do a lot of Howard Stern stuff. You know, yeah. I feel like I do a lot of Howard Stern stuff and he's just super good at making you comfortable, feeling relaxed and getting from you to say something that's kind of awkward or weird that you wouldn't have told somebody else. But for yeah. some reason, these millions of people you're going to tell today because I asked you. Yeah, absolutely. Beast mode. I think I think it's it's so funny you say that. I don't know if you remember, that, but the first video we ever did together, Ollie, was one on strong on the strong life podcast and i think yeah. we had a pretty lengthy conversation about that you know about, oh, about okay about right. I, yeah. I remember it i remember it because because okay. he's been a huge influence on me sure in terms of um making my own podcast like i my biggest challenge when i started the everything medicare podcast was how do i take the most boring subject on earth and make it interesting Right. And make people actually want to listen. Somebody care. <laughs> yeah. And like, and, and, yeah. and the first, like, if you go back and listen to the first like 10 episodes, they're very monotone, if you will. They're yep. very yep. like, you know, instructional video kind of sure. stuff. Um, and as you go further into the, into the catalog, I start to get a little bit more out there, you know? Sure. Um, right. And it's mainly just about, and, 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 you know, there's been episodes where I've said something that, wasn't true or something like that you know not like saying like something's covered that's not or anything like that but like i'll i'll, I'll try to find a way to keep, make the topic interesting or engaging for somebody mm -hmm. and i st i studied a lot of stern to kind of learn how to do that like he was it, probably the main person i, I and mean, he's so good at it he's ridiculous it, it, yeah. And, but, but now it's all just second nature i mean it's not even it's right. not a thought it's, it's just who he is Muscle i still man, feel right? like you know like i'll sit down and i and I, I take notes all the time when I'm doing interviews because I'm not good at remembering things. And I want to be intentional though, in an organic format. So that means that organically I'm gathering information during the show to come back at you with versus having an agenda. Or right, I'm going to talk about their family and I'm going to talk about this. And we're going to dive into that subject. Right. You know, you know uh, we did a podcast with a lady last week and one of the things uh, in her life that she, she had happened is uh, she felt like she had a calling to donate her kidney and uh, wow. amazingly, as it is, you can watch the episode. It was last week's show. Shannon had somebody she was an exact match for that needed a kidney, and she was there for him, right? That's just amazing. She tells me later, after the show's over, she's so grateful that I asked her about that because she hates bringing it up because it makes it sound like, Right. You no, know, she don't want to make it so hokey, like something with her and God. I said, why not make it hokey about you and God? I think it's freaking great. <laughs> you know, someone's got a problem with it. You think, yeah. have you, have you bumped into someone that's your exact kidney match? Cause that yeah. doesn't happen every day, <laughs> you know? So that's, that's something to brag about. Yeah. You know? about. So, but she was at, excited for me to ask. Well, the only reason I knew to ask was because she was a referral to me by somebody else to get on the show. And I always ask them, well, what are some cool things maybe I need to look to talk about? You know, hmm. again, I don't think that's planning. I think that's just being intentional because when sure. we get together, I got to find ways to extrapolate. What's the best. I'm trying to show everyone the best version of this individual. I, so uh, I'm a big Tim Ferriss fan. He's one yep. of the main reasons I actually started my business. Okay. Was at the time I read the four hour work week and I'm like, okay, it doesn't really matter what my company looks like. It's just being self-sufficient. Um, and so I've, I've followed his journey and he started the Tim Ferriss show and, you know, kind of watching him progress, you know, there it is. There it is. I read the whole thing. I don't care what Glenn said. I read the whole thing. <laughs> highly, re highly recommend that book. You guys, I think there's so many applicable 
ideologies that he shares about business in there. But um, I love, he talks about word choice. And then when he phrases questions to his guests, he'll almost, he'll like say the same question twice, but he'll ask it like two different ways. So, yep. you know, hey, Christian, what do you think of this coming open enrollment? Um, what are some things that you're looking at doing, getting ready for open enrollment? And I feel like it gives your guests some time to start thinking about what they're going to say. And then yep. also, you know, one way of saying the question might not really click with Christian, but then the second way I phrased it, maybe that triggers something. So, you know, I think, again, that applies for insurance agents too. Like if you're talking with someone, if you're taking an application, right, um, maybe you need to rephrase your question and, and what you're trying to, to get to get that information out of someone. 100%. So, yeah, word choice, I think, is huge. Yeah, 100%. It's, it's not always what you say, it's how you say it. Yeah. Kind of thing. I think it comes back to that. I mean, I remember when I read that book. And um, like, but before you read that book, you like you actually think you're supposed to work four hours a week, like you think like that's the philosophy of the book. And like, right. people get that wrong. Absolutely. You know, more yeah, so that's, just that's the number one thing. For sure. hey, it works, though, you put in front of a book, four-hour work week people are gonna buy it that's it it works <laughs> that book sold <laughs> oh millions yeah yep 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 i was i was listening to a video the other day and cardone was like trashing tim ferris and like we know the four-hour work week and everything like that and he's like and you know he's he's like he's like he's like he's like i don't give a damn what you say you can't work four hours a week man he's like the dude's <laughs> lying to you i'm like okay grant's never read the book yeah, clearly. You know, I'm like, that's what I, that's the first thing that comes to mind. Like, huge fan, but I'm like, he hasn't read the book. <laughs> yeah, that's great. Ollie, what's the what's a book that you would recommend that you've read recently, buddy? You know what, man, that's that's great because I love reading. So yeah. I, I'm a we'll I'm a huge I'm a book. huge fan. I'm just looking over at some of the books I have over there as I'm just thinking. So right now, I'll just tell you what we're in the middle of right now because yeah. I love the book we're in the middle of right now, The 360 Leader by John Maxwell. Okay. okay. I, have, I haven't heard of this one. Okay. So, you know, John Maxwell's got a gajillion books, right? You already know right. that. Okay. So this one's called the 360 leader. Okay. It's a fascinating book. A matter of fact, you don't have it. I don't. I have, I have, I have, I have three John Maxwell books, but not that one. I was okay, like, so it's real easy. Here's all I need you both to do. I need you both when the show's over or whatever, you guys can text me your mailing address. Will and I will make sure that you both get a copy of the book. Awesome. And you know what? Thank I'm, you. Not even, I'm not even John Maxwell, so don't even worry. There won't even be a fake. Jo you want me to sign it, John Maxwell? I can I sign, it. It. <laughs> sign it. John Maxwell. <laughs> and then people say, hey, is it a signed John Maxwell book? You'll be like, yeah. yeah it's, a first edition. it's a first edition. <laughs> <laughs> They'll be like, this doesn't look right. I have a signed one too. And right, it's different. <laughs> okay. Well, if you don't want me to sign it, John Maxwell, I won't. Okay. I, I was doing it for you guys. Okay. No, but if you both do me a favor, please, both of you guys text me Absolutely. Uh, your, your addresses and I'll make sure that we'll order you both one and we'll get them Thank shipped you. to you guys. Awesome. Love so it, yeah. what I love about the book is the book is for everybody because it's the John Maxwell, it's the 360 leader. And the whole theme of the book is where do you sit in an organization? And you're probably somewhere in the middle of that organization. And how do you navigate to get your leaders above you to do things you might want done or how you want them done and how you make the company better, but also get the people underneath you because you're the 360 leader. So you're somewhere in the middle to get them bought in and also help you to do the, you know, do what need happen to 
create the upheaval that you need to have in the company to make things move? And how do you work with the president who has that kind of ego or the vice president that's got this kind of thing? It's just such a good navigation book in understanding the principles and always remembering at the end of it all, it's how well you serve. We'll see how well your leadership grows, you know, but it's a powerful book. We're in the middle of it. And if you haven't read it, it's a book by John Maxwell. Everybody needs to read, you know, if you're into leadership, I want to say if you're in the leadership is not sales. And I keep saying yeah. that because conversations I have, oh, yeah, man, I've read those, read those leadership books. Okay, well, how many people are you leading? Nobody. Okay, well, listen, then you don't need to do leadership books. Read more. Sales books are sales books. Leadership books are leadership books. When Gary Vee says, I don't read books, that's because I think he's got a mind. He's got, he, he has an understanding of what, for whatever reason God put in his brain, the fundamentals of leadership. He's not, he doesn't fascinate me as this incredible business owner. He is. I think he gets it, man. He gets the leadership side of it. And leadership is about development of people and helping people rise. Salesmen are incredible talents that can go out there and sell a ton of stuff, whatever it is. I think I'm an incredible salesman. And I think I'm an incredible leader that continues to develop in both areas. I'm not going to say anything less because I got to believe in myself. So I'm incredible, but I strive to be better at both. But I definitely live in a space now where I'm in a leadership space more than I am a salesman space. It's, it's extremely difficult. It's probably one of the single most difficult things I've taken on in my life. Yes, sir. Is, is being a leader. And, you know, everyone looks, looks at entrepreneurship and owning a business and running a company and they see it as almost yep. uh, celebrity status, right? Like, oh my gosh, he's rich and he gets to do yep. whatever he wants, but it's almost the opposite. There's a book called Leaders Eat Last, which is a, another fantastic book that I'd recommend to anybody. But you know, I have 70 people on my payroll and there's so, there's so much to that. There's, there's so many, you know, you talk about egos, you talk about, you know, different levels of responsibility and management. And then it's kind of, when we talked about family earlier and like balancing your time, it's kind of the same way inside my company where it's like, I'm trying to figure out who, who needs my time this week. Right. Do I need to do middle management? Do they need my time? Is it my top level management? Do I need to get in front of, you know, my employees and, and trying to balance that is extremely difficult. And, you know, a lot of people will make fun of salespeople who can't lead. But like you said, I love that. It's, it's two completely different things. And not saying that a great salesman can't also be a great leader, but being a great leader doesn't mean you're a great salesman and vice versa. It's two very different skill sets. 100%. Yeah. So They're different. I, I, think, I think it's real similar to like um, a great athlete that tries to go be a coach and he can't coach other people like, like Michael Jordan, Michael Jordan's the perfect example of that. You yeah. know, so Michael Jordan's a lot of people think he's the best basketball player ever. I, I, I do. Um, even though I post things that make it seem like I don't, cause I just like to get a rise out of people, but, um, but, <laughs> um, but, but, but anyway, um, Michael Jordan's a perfect example. You know, he, he, he could do it himself. Like he was a killer on the, on when he, when he, when he stepped on the court, he transitions into coaching. Uh, actually, no, it's management, actually, you know, running a team. Right. Um, yeah, his he, ownership didn't work. He didn't transfer. Yeah. And, and before when he was running the wizards, right. As the general manager, like it wasn't working. Right. And um, it's, it's interesting. It's interesting kind of how that dynamic goes. Like, you know, it's, you, you could almost make the argument that teaching other people how to duplicate what you've done is harder than doing it yourself. 
And yet, I, and yet the common thing that you hear people say is that those who can't do teach, right? Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. It, yeah but it, I agree with you, Christian. I think it's the opposite. I think trying to teach someone to do something is significantly harder than just doing it yourself. <laughs> I think, I think uh, I'm, a, I'm a huge sports fan. And I thank God that this COVID thing, wherever we're living in it right now, that sports is starting to navigate its way and, you know, make itself normal at some level, God willing. Uh, but what's fascinating to me is when we talk about this subject, the, the, uh, the line, like Kobe Bryant, God rest his soul and God rest his daughter's soul and the people that were on that helicopter. Uh, I think if that man was alive today, he would have changed the face of the WNBA because his daughter was a phenom. She would have been in it. He would have invested all in. He would have ended up doing something somewhere, right? And put a stamp on it and made it more accepting or more normal for women to play basketball or whatever that would be, you know, because the, what, what's the top uh, WNBA player make about 110, $110,000. I mean, it's not, I don't define that as normal. That's not, you know, it isn't in the normal, like women's basketball. Is it like women's golf or tennis? You know, and I think Kobe could have took it there, but I think Kobe could have been an incredible coach because when you listen to him, when you listen to him communicate, he's such a, I'm the best and I could teach you to do what I do, you know, and I, and you believed him with Jordan. It was like, and listen, I'm a, I'm a Jordan fan. Remember I'm a Pistons fan. I'm from Detroit. So we helped man him up. You know what I'm saying? Okay. To make him the great player he was. Okay. But uh, when you look at Jordan, Jordan was the best and y'all better just keep up. It's kind of how he made you feel. You better keep up. I'm really good. And you're going to be better because I'm here. Colby's like, you're going to be better because I'm here. Now, here, real quick, do this, do this. That'll make you better. Do this, do that'll make you better. He had more of that natural charisma. I think that could have helped him in coaching, management, leadership of a team, or whatever the role may have been. So I noticed um, Tony's been very active in the comment section of the live, and he had a question that I thought was really a good question. Great. What did he say? He said, is it possible to be a great leader but a shitty salesman? Absolutely. Absolutely. You can? I think you can. You said absolutely too? Will told me absolutely too. Okay. So tell overlapping qualities for sure, right? Okay. Like, well, let's like, talk about yeah. the most important. What are the most important? Is it more important to be a good salesman or to be a good leader? Well, tell me how a leader is a leader without being a salesman. So hmm. that, that's a tough one for me because I, right. I look, because I look at it from a leader perspective, you have to sell that person that. Yep. One, they're capable. Number two, it's in their best interest. So what I'm going to say is, yes, you can have mediocre leaders that lack salesmanship because it takes salesmanship as an important quality and characteristic for a leader. You want proof? All you got to know is a guy named Bill Gates. Bill Gates had a software they kind of stole and really copycatted for somebody else with an inferior product. But early on, he proved to be a better salesman. Right. He proved to be a better salesman, so everybody would have their computer, not say Apple, but say IBM, say Microsoft, say whatever it is you want, but he had the DAW software, right? He was a better salesman. When you talk about Gary V, why is Gary V on everybody's news feed? Because he's the best salesman at it, right? Mm-hmm. But what is he? He's leading from the front by example, using communication skills and salesmanship to lead what his cause is. 
Jesus led a revolution, right? I mean, he led, he was a salesman. He went door to door. He got 12 people in his downline. Somebody quit, went down to 11 and they kept building it. (laughs) Right. That was was right. That's it. But it's leadership, man. And Jesus had to be a sale. He's selling the day. So I, I totally agree. Like, especially if you're a founder, you're a visionary, like you have to sell someone on your vision to, to go and do what you're trying to get done. So I totally agree with that. The reason I said no initially yep. is I think if you take the classic salesman who has, you know, a really big ego and it's, you're doing exactly what I say, it's my way or the highway, right? Yep. So you, and, and like we said, sometimes those really great salespeople don't translate into great leaders because again, as a leader, you really have to listen uh, more than, more than you're talking. So um, I think you do have to have some sales quality, like you have to have some salesmanship ability. If you have zero sales ability, it's, it'll, you'll probably struggle as a leader, but I think, I don't think the best salespeople translate into leaders. No. And I agree no. with that because someone's a rock star salesman does not mean they're going to be a great leader and a great leader doesn't mean he's going to be a rock star salesman, but I want to be clear, take your CFO. You've got a big company. You got a CFO, right? If your CFO sucks at sales, he's not going to excite the troops on the finance plan. Okay. Cause he's got to sell them. If you got to te- if your kids go to school and they come home and say, dad, my teacher sucks, Right. You know what he's telling you? My teacher doesn't know how to entertain me and keep my attention in this boring topic called multiplication or algebra or whatever it is. It is the job of the teacher to be a salesman. Listen, you go to any nice neighborhood anywhere in the country. There's only three types of people that live there. Doctors, lawyers, and salesmen in their organ, in their, in their industry. That's it. Mm-hmm. That's what you have living there. And then you got kids that got hooked up. Think about it. Go drive any gated neighborhood, knock on 20 doors, doctor, lawyer, doctor, lawyer, salesman, salesman, sales, doctor, lawyer, doctor, doctor, lawyer, doctor, lawyer, every time. Because why? Salesmen are also, they understand what motivates. And then there's those that separate themselves and they can be leaders of salesmen. So where's, where do you, where do you divide the line between marketers and salesmen? Right. Ooh, right. marketers in my marketers are kind of the hype man right like yes salesmen yep. are they're the ones closing the deal right like they're getting it done so that's so i totally agree with what you just said i i think sales like you have to have sales ability and it is you're all these different things are almost like miniature sales transactions right, right? yes but where so where where does marketing kind of where's that line is it a marketer a promoter right like uh, celebrities have promoters. Their job is they know the avenues, the places to go and the way to promote you, but get ready. The moment me as the promoter, me as the marketer is ready. I need you to wind up like a top and perform because mm-hmm. I'm promoting you to perform. Right? So I would say marketing is like a, pr- a promoter and you know what a promoter also is always doing. They're selling. So, yeah, it's sales to the masses, right? I, That's I, kind of I, how I look at it. You're selling. But there's the an sales. order. See, there's a structure there. The yeah. salesman's ready to say, a salesman can only sell to the individual or people he's speaking to in the moment. The promoter's trying to promote to everybody so you all come into the salesman. I think I I think there's a lot of overlapping qualities of a salesperson. I think for a marketer they are very strategic in terms of getting a particular message in front of yeah. somebody. But like there's a lot of marketers out there today that don't get in front of a camera. 
Right. Right. Like they're just right. designing an ad maybe yeah. with, you know, word for sure or something like that. So I, and, but at the same time, you know, you could be a fantastic salesperson and not understand those strategic um, nuances to be yep. a marketer. You know, I yeah, think for sure. I, so it's, I, it's, 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 it's interesting. It's interesting to me because I think there's some overlapping things, but I think they're very different at the same time. You know, but I'll, I'll say this, Christian, but I think what happens, I think we live in a world where at some level it's goofy to me that we, we, we don't salesmanship is an incredible skill set. Okay. And what happens is we minimize it because someone might think negatively about a salesman. My wife and I met a doctor that has done multiple surgeries on my kids for ear, nose and throat stuff. When we met, so when my wife and I were looking for the first one for our oldest, when she needed surgery, we met three different doctors. We both loved Dr. Vidia. He's the guy that we go to. You know why? Because when we were in his room, he talked to my wife and he put her mind at ease. He explained how he's going to do it and how he's an expert at it. He sold us on what a damn good doctor he is. And then the next week when we came to the surgery, he saw me again. Oh, Mr. Salah, good to see you. I said, yeah, man, we're ready for the surgery today. He goes, oh, yeah, I've already had four this morning. I said, Doc, it's 730. He goes, yeah, I started my first one at six. I was like, whoa. How many? He goes, I'm going to do 14 to 18 surgeries today. I that's do that. why yeah. they're in the. That's why they live in the gated neighborhood, y'all. Right. right. <laughs> but, but what, but you know what I learned? Listen to what he told me. He does surgeries Tuesdays and Thursdays because he does meetings on Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays when he's running the appointments, filling his appointment log for Tuesday and Thursday. There you go. He's a salesman. Yeah. He's selling what he does and he's good at it because he's got me back for more and more and referrals. Here I am talking. Look, if you guys have any ear, nose, throat problems with your kids, I'm telling you, bring them to Tulsa, Oklahoma. The guy's a beast and your kids are going to be great, right? I mean, he's a salesman. He, the reason why he's doing our business is because he sold me better than the other doctors did. So a great doctor is great, but a great doctor that has salesmanship is going to be the top doctor. I love the doctor analogy for insurance because I tell agents all the time, you know, if you call a doctor's office, does the doctor pick up the phone or is it the front desk? That's right. You know, is the doctor setting his own appointments or is someone setting their appointments yep. for him? Um, is he doing all of his own paperwork or is someone doing the paperwork yep. for him? Like, 100%. It really is. Like he, you look at it and his time is so valuable. Yep. Now it's by education. But as an insurance agent, you can choose to value your time just as high. Just because you've been for eight years, it doesn't matter. You can literally yep. have hold the same value for your time and execute at that same exact level. You don't touch yep. anything that is a low-level task, and you can make a fortune just like a doctor does. And I love, I love that analogy. Beautiful. Yeah. I love it. So I, 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 so I, so I guess you know Tony stirred that up, and I love it. But yeah, so I, I guess I would, you know, is Donald Trump a good salesman? You know, he, he became president of the United States. It takes salesmanship to do it. And then, you know, yeah. someone said ego or something. Hey, I want to be clear, right? We're in a salesman environment, salesman, saleswoman. When I say salesman, I mean men and women. We're in a sales environment. They're supposed to have an edge, a little ego, a little swag, a little confidence, healthy, not unhealthy. You know, we don't need narcissists. But again, we're dealing with salespeople and any good salesman knows they're better than they really are. Okay. Myself included. I think I'm better <laughs> than I am, but I have to, right? Because me and Will were talking about this. We have an agency of 70 agents. When we get together, 
every time they walk in our, our facility, if it's not positive 100%, there's a problem because it's us against that thing, that thing called rejection. And when we walk out of this building, it's us against the world when it comes to rejection. So we build each other up. We support each other. We high five each other. And we only say nice things to each other because when we go out there, it's big, bad and dirty, you know? So that's in essence, that's leadership. Cause the first person you lead when you're a leader is you, <laughs> Yeah, you know? Yeah, I agree. I agree completely. I don't know, Tony, if you're still listening, maybe I went off on a tangent, dude. Tony, Tony go, go smoke some meat, Tony. Get back. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Go play That's some right. poker. Yeah, play I know. He's poker. always bragging. It's like he's always shooting. bragging. Go yeah. shooting. Go shooting. Shoot the meat. And then. Yeah. <laughs> and then <laughs> he yeah. probably just came in here to stir the pot up. But yeah, That's I appreciate it. the question. Yeah. Ollie, I really appreciate your time today. I know how valuable your time is. Um, and sure. kind of, you know, as we wrap things up, I like to ask final thoughts. So again, really appreciate your, your energy, your, yep. the, just the time we've been able to spend with you today, but yeah, any final thoughts that you'd want to share here on Taco Tuesday? Uh, but just real quick, I just want to mention anybody that is interested or looking to get involved in the insurance business as well. If they want to reach out, they can call me on my cell at 918-513-2797. But most guys, anyway, we're all in this closed group anyway, right? So everybody's already in the in the business, already shopping or whatever, been approved to be part of this group. So I guess that doesn't matter. Uh, you know, buddy, as a, you know, yeah, I guess, you know what? I appreciate you guys getting me on the show. Yeah. And uh, I, I would say that uh, if you're someone listening to this podcast today, and you've been getting fired up because advantage season's coming. I want you to know, I think there's something wrong there because stop getting excited just about advantage season. Treat every day of your insurance business like advantage season's about to start. Because let me tell you why. When you're going out tomorrow and you might be having an incredible day, awesome. High five, it's always good to come home. Okay. But when you're out the next day and you're having like your shittiest day ever, Here's what I want you to remember three or four houses down from you. There's an insurance guy having his best day ever. So remember that take every moment. Like it's your last. I'm telling you, you build your business that way. In, in, amazing things happen in such a short amount of time. Dang. That's strong. That's what I got. It's strong. I love it. That's what I we like say it. here. Strong. Yeah, it is strong. <laughs> to build on that, my final thoughts, you guys, um, you know, there's 40, 40, 45 million uh, Medicare beneficiaries out there. So just like Ollie was saying, um, there's no reason that you can't have an open enrollment type day or week, any week of the year. Yep. Um, you know, whether you're selling something Medicare related or not selling something Medicare related, this is right. your market. You know, we're here, we're in six figure Medicare agent. There's, you know, only 50, hundred thousand Medicare agents, maybe, you know, licensed with, with these carriers and there's millions and millions of beneficiaries who need help. Yes, uh, it, it's an astounding number. We talked about um, the saturation of the Medicare marketplace. And I don't think we're anywhere near that, nor do I see any point where we will get to a point where agents saturate the marketplace. So take advantage of it. And just like Ollie said, there's no reason you can't have that every single day. I love it. I love yes, it. Sir. Absolutely. I like it. I like it. So Christian, if you're wrapping up, I just want to say thank you to you personally as well. If it weren't for you, I wouldn't have been on the show. You initiated it. I'm grateful for that. Thank you very much. It gives me an opportunity to be out here with you guys also and get, get our name out there too. So I'm grateful for that opportunity. I don't want to mess that up and share my gratitude. Appreciate you. And Glenn to be able to meet you, sir, has yeah, been awesome. Great, and great I appreciate job. us taking time. We definitely will get on yeah. 
together to you know some more and spend some more time together. I would love to do that. Yeah, and do. Uh, please, both of you, I need you to make sure you text me uh, my cell phone number, Glenn, just so we make sure if you want to write it down or he'll, obviously you can get it from Christian. Okay, but please, yeah. and I'll I'll get you guys both. I'll, I'll make sure it happens tomorrow. And I'll get books shipped out to both of you guys tomorrow. Thanks, Holly. Thanks, Holly. Absolutely. We appreciate it. Um, guys, my final thoughts are really short, and then we'll close this thing out. Um, I kind of I did a live yesterday where I just really wanted to just talk about this just for a second, and I'll just kind of reiterate what I said in my live yesterday. Um, the first is really when open enrollment starts. It's not the fifteenth, right? The craziness starts the first. Like I've I've had five yeah. clients today call the office today, and they're like, "I'm starting to see these commercials, and I'm getting confused, and I'm just like, oh." I'm not ready. <laughs> Turn your TV off. <laughs> Turn it off. Yeah, I'm like break it. But um, but uh, <laughs> but, but in all seriousness, guys, like the rest of this week and next week before the first is the time to get all of your minimal tasks out of the way. Whatever you got to do that's going to distract you for the next couple of months, get it out of the way. Um, you got something at home you got to take care of, take care of it. You know, you got a light bulb you got to change, change it. Um. And, you know, if you have, you know, some customer service issues for your business or, you know, whatever it is, get it done because you don't want to be distracted with it during AEP. Um, a lot of people, you know, they, they put things off and then all of a sudden it blows up in their face right in the middle of AEP. Don't yep. be that person. So that's, that's just my final thoughts. All right, guys. Well, thanks for being here. Thanks everybody for watching. We'll be back next week. Taco Tuesday. God bless. Appreciate you. Thank you, sir. That was awesome. Oh, we don't have to. I guess he's going to just, just yeah, disrupt. No,